Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. We just finished Season 10, and we're gearing up for Season 11, which will feature heart warrior siblings. In the interim, we're going to put a spotlight on cardiac athletes. Lars Andrews actually wrote a book called Cardiac Athletes, and he has been a guest on Heart to Heart with Anna. Cardiac athletes feature stories about athletes who have undergone cardiac procedures. Some of the athletes were born with congenital heart defects, and some have acquired heart disease. Today and for the next several weeks, we will be meeting some cardiac athletes. So welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Barry Stone. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show today, Barry. So why don't you start by telling us about your cardiac condition? Well, I can tell you it's a condition that I had, and it's over, and I'm just as healthy as a young person, and I'm 74 years old now, and young people can't keep up with me. (laughs) But what I had was, I had a stent roughly 2009, and then I went back to my triathlon training and swam in the Potomac River in Washington, D.C. for the nation's try. And then in 2010, we found out, I didn't have any symptoms really, but we found out I had what they call regurgitation of my mitral valve. Well over a third of the blood was flowing backwards when it was supposed to go forward to the ventricle. Wow. Some of it going into the vein, going back to the lung. Mm -hmm. And can I tell you where I went to get it fixed? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I did a lot of research to try to find the most recent techniques and the best techniques. And I found Cleveland Clinic, and I went there, and they repaired my valve. Other places might have actually replaced it. Right. But they repaired it, and there's no regurgitation. I had a murmur since I was in my late 30s, and there's not even a murmur anymore. Wow, that's amazing. It's all history. So the stent that you had put in, what was that for? That was because I had very minor sensation in my left chest area, a thing that I called the cardiologist nurse and said, you need to know this. And so they checked me out. And I want to tell you this. They said something to me, the cardiologist did, that I think is important. He said to me, Barry, we know you have plaque, that we just don't know how much. We could give you another stress test. And here's the thing he said, but you athletes can mask the results. So we wouldn't know. Uh-huh. And so what they did, he said, you get, we got to give you an angiogram and find out, put the dye in, mm-hmm. which they did. And if there are blockages, then we'll stent or do whatever we have to. And they did a stent. Okay. So that was for an acquired problem then, an acquired condition. You had the, yeah. the buildup of the plaque. And so the stent was able to open up that vessel and you didn't need open heart surgery or coronary bypass no. or anything. 
No, I laid there on the table and I was watching the screen. And I said to the doctor, does this mean I'll get better blood flow and I can run better? He looks at me kind of strange. <laughs> and he says, well, yes. <laughs> so I went right back to training. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You're the optimum patient for them to have in cardiac rehab because you're already in such great condition. Yeah, as long as uh, you say that, but I want to say this, a lot of cardiac rehab places will treat you like a cardiac cripple because they know you're damaged goods, and we're not. You know, we had our heart repaired, but the rest of our body is in the same condition it was before, so we want to make it better. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay, so when you were in your 30s, it was found that you had a blockage. They stented it. Then sometime after that, almost a decade after that, then you realized you had this regurgitation of your mitral valve, and they actually repaired the mitral valve, which I think is fabulous because we know that there are definitely more complications if you have to have a porcine valve or if you have to have oh. a mechanical valve that they usually have to be replaced again. Right. Within but a certain I, I period need, of time. I need, I need to correct your timeline. It was in my 30s that I, it was discovered I had a heart murmur. Oh, 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 okay. So it was in your 30s. Where was well, that in relation well to the when stand. they... That was oh, well, well before, before the stand. Yeah, yeah I went okay. for years, years without any issue whatsoever other than a benign murmur, heart murmur. Lots of people have them. And then one day I was riding my bike over Spooner Pass at Lake Tahoe. And I had that chest sensation, and I eventually, when I remembered, reported it to the people, and they checked me out. And that's how I got my stent, approximately 2009. It was probably, it was sometime in the late 70s when they discovered the murmur. And that was just a almost unrelated thing, except I suppose that could be related to the mitral valve eventually needing repair because some cordae tendons that helped the valve be a one-way valve, hold it when it closes, four of them broke. And that's what Cleveland Clinic did. They replaced those with artificial cordae tendons. Wow, that's amazing. And is this something that Cleveland Clinic is doing that's not typically done at other cardiac centers? Well, in 2011, when I had mine done, not so many were doing it. Uh, I had considered going to a couple other places. I made a short list after I did all my research of where I thought would the best places would be. And for example, they used a Da Vinci robot to do my surgery. Mm -hmm. And uh, that had no, no breaking open my chest, minimal trauma to my body, the way it's done. So I was essentially able to go back to training within a few weeks. Uh, I guess I did, a, I did a sprint triathlon about four or five weeks after my surgery. And I was up That's amazing. for that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, they use a Da Vinci robot at the hospital in where I live in Temple, Texas at Scott and White. So it's amazing to me the sophistication of the robotic surgery that they're able to do nowadays. And it really does allow for a faster recovery time and more precision in the surgery. The most common theme that I hear is why. She always needed a lot of attention. She had strokes. Even though it's a natural inclination to withdraw from the CHD community, I think being a part of it helped me be part of the solution. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern 
I'm Michael Lieben, and I'll be your host as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. It sounds to me like you've been through quite a bit, and yet you have this beautiful, positive attitude. It doesn't sound like you've let this slow you down one bit. So what does being a cardiac athlete mean to you, Barry? All it means to me is I was an athlete. I am an athlete of sorts. I'm not that strong of an athlete, but I am. And uh, I had a cardiac issue, and I didn't let it interfere with continuing to do what I did. Absolutely. It doesn't sound like it slows you down one bit, maybe a couple weeks. Yeah, I call it a hiccup. A hiccup. Okay. So before you had your hiccups, were you a strong athlete before then? It sounds like you were already riding your bike and doing triathlons. Yeah, but I wouldn't call me. When I think strong, I think of the elite athletes. You know, I'm just one of the common people that go out and do this stuff and don't know any better. Maybe some of them think, but, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like when you don't know, you can't do something and you just go do it. Yeah. Right. Right. So does this mean like when you were in school that you were on track or no uh, on the track I, I was, team or anything like that? No. One of my high school classmates, when he found out I was doing marathons said he was so surprised because he and I were the biggest nerds in the most unathletic <laughs> in high school. I never did any in college. And I started actually seriously running when I was 60, almost, almost 62. Did my first marathon when I was 62. Wow. So what changed? What made you all of a sudden decide you wanted to start doing that? Well, uh, I uh, d- we discovered I had hypertension. And the doctor told me to lose weight and do exercise, and I started doing it, diet. And uh, I went from around 225, 230 pounds down to a goal weight of 161 for one day, but I kept it down close to that. And uh, eventually decided I would run, try to run. And if I could develop the habit, I would join a group, which I did. And that year... I ran my first 10K ever in my whole life on my 62nd birthday. I started wow. in February, and on Labor Day, I completed a marathon. It wasn't very pretty, but I did finish it. And wow. uh, from there, uh, after I did oh the marathon, uh, I ended up with an overuse injury. There's more story to that. But, uh, and then I, what do I do now? I did a marathon. My daughter told me about triathlon, so I, okay, I'm going to try it out. So you're just unstoppable. Well, I wouldn't say that. But uh, uh, my son asked me yesterday if I wanted to do a half marathon with him in uh, Phoenix in January. And I looked at him and I said, okay. And I said, oh, that's a commitment, isn't it? I haven't really been running for a while. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go do that. Wow. Well, I think that makes it really special that you're going to do it with your son. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And so have you turned your whole family into being more aware of their fitness level? In some sense, yes. You remind me that when I found out I was going to have this surgery and I was thinking about recovering and I got this idea in my head about doing a marathon. Surgery was in March. I got the idea in my head about uh, end of December, 1st of January. And a week later, I thought, well, I wonder if my kids would like to do it with me. So I emailed them all and they all got on board right away. So I got them equipped with the right gear and we all trained where we were. Three of my four girls actually did it with me. And my boy is my unofficially adopted boy. And he didn't run it, but he was he was there that day. The three girls that could come uh, actually did run a half marathon with me. They toned down. They asked me if we should go back from a full marathon to a 10K or a, a half. And I uh, wouldn't let them go all the way to 10K. So we actually did a <laughs> half marathon. That That was roughly six months after my valve job. And seven and a half months on my own, I went to Washington, D.C. and did the Marine Corps Marathon. And my boy was there. Wow. Wow, that's an amazing story. And how awesome that you got your children involved as well. And so now the whole family is more physically fit because of you. Uh, Perhaps, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing with me today, Barry. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for asking. Well, that does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please come back next week when we'll feature another cardiac athlete. And until then, remember, my friends, you are not alone. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.